Welcome to the Iceman, a podcast presented by Tuned Up Custom Rods. Hey, everybody. John. Dan. Tom. Hey, got our names right. I <laughs> dick. <laughs> I don't have anyone's name to announce tonight. <laughs> I hope you would get our names right. We're sitting right next to each other. And we have name tags on tonight. Legitimately you, you legit put your shirts. shirt on with your name tag on it. Where'd you get that shirt? Uh, that looks new. Clo- it's not. It's a couple years old. You just don't spill on yourself? No, I do not spill on myself. Wow. Good for you. My yeah. shirts don't look like that. I take my shirts off when I eat. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you get weird looks in the drive through Yep, huh? it's real awkward at McDonald's. It's my chest hair bib. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yuck. Yeah, super yuck. <laughs> okay, well, now that uh, we've lost half the audience. <laughs> yep. Oh, jeez. Well, uh, so to welcome. So we uh, we don't have any guests tonight, but we've got a lot to talk about. We've got a lot coming up here for Tuned Up, including this weekend. Yes, we have the Dakota Angler Ice Institute that we are going to. Mm-hmm. Um, we canceled out last year, but that was well, there was a lot of COVID concerns this year. There's still some COVID concerns. But the Ice Institute. Yes. Wow. You like a PhD from that institution? No, you can pick up a Tuned Up custom rod though. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Just one? Oh, you can pick up a couple. We you have can, the power precision. We'll have a bunch of powers there. Yep. They're being finished right now. I just put in my order tonight for the power precision. You're excited. Super excited. Yeah. Dude, it's, I'm stoked. It's, it is a great ride. It's going to be a little bit for ice, though. It was it was warm this weekend. We, uh, My son and I went out deer hunting, and it was warm. Oh, I know. I was Six out too. degrees. It was a good way for a first-timer to get out. Yeah, I couldn't ask for better weather. It was not real windy. It wasn't cold. It was sunny. Was this your son's first hunting yes. too? Yeah, it was his first deer hunting experience. We went grouse hunting a couple times last year. And Dan, um, this was Devin's first also? Yep. Yeah, yep. We, he had a great time. Sunday morning we walked out. My son was very angry I didn't shoot a deer that I couldn't see. Well, <laughs> he could see it, but I couldn't see it. Give him the gun. Tell no. him to go for it. <laughs> <laughs> that deer's wearing blaze orange yeah <laughs> no it wasn't where it was just it was too dark to make out a good shot yeah it's not worth it then no no not to i don't know miss or gut shoot it or i mean just it wasn't turned the right way it was just it was too difficult of a shot at that time time of day i took one low percentage shot and i it was a clean miss and i was expecting it to be just because like your kid told you so yeah the deer was like 400 yards away and I had to prop the gun on my, on my truck's uh, side view mirror, and I'm like, I'm, I'm not gonna hit this thing, but <laughs> I'll make a loud noise for you, buddy. Make him feel better. Yeah, the right. deer just looked at me like, really? That's, a, <laughs> that's what you got? Oh, our deer. We would at dusk we drove home, and you they, you could drive pretty much up to them. They're all they were everywhere. They're and they're completely tame right now. They're not moving at all. No, it was too warm. They're not interested in moving. Tom, you're going this weekend. I'm leaving Wednesday morning. So yeah, it's going to be cold. Yeah. It's going to snow. It's supposed to snow Wednesday night and into Thursday morning. And yeah. thank God you're going to have that new four wheel drive truck. <sighs> Shut up. <laughs> oh wait, it's it's like another epic uh, waiting. Yep. The, ba- the bakers and their new purchases. Are, yeah, we're getting the shaft this year. Yep. Yeah, Ford updated my shipping date from between October 31st and November 6th to December 8th. Oh, thanks. So, And you found out the day of the that it was di- supposed to be there? I found out the night or like the morning of November 6th. Oh, yeah, your truck's not going to be here for another month. 
I don't know how you get it that wrong. It's already built. Yeah, but right? it's probably it's probably like an auto thing. It it goes the last date, and then somebody goes, "Yeah, we'll just put it on." I month. think. Okay, so I'm part of like some rumor forums on the forum or the Ford Maverick. You're the Ford QAnon page. Yeah, the <laughs> exactly <laughs> the Ford Illuminati page. But <laughs> the um, lizard people are test driving it right now. I've okay. So there was some there was some talk like, oh man, maybe there's some like quality quality issues, and they're holding these these trucks back from shipping because you know they're it's a brand new model year and like people were kind of freaking out about that like oh there's a problem but i think what it is is actually there was just like a delay at the mexican border getting them across i think it's just a customs delay a month long delay well i don't know there's a lot of things that are delayed this year a month months not even that much what what plant is it at uh the hermosa uh plant mexico do they come her, her, by her, Hermosilla? I think. Do it they is. come by train or do they, they come by boat? Train. Yeah. So actually, like, okay, so I was able to figure out what rail car was on on Union, Union Pacific. So I called the Union Pacific number, and you have to like say the rail car into the automated system, and they're like, "Your rail car is in blah 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 Texas, in route to Baton Rouge, Louisiana," and then it doesn't give another destination after that. So. You know, it's a train, so it gets routed all over the U.S. before it eventually makes its way up to, like, I think Kansas City, and then they break them from there and either truck them from there or go to a smaller train yards. I'm not sure. But so. it's already in America? It's in the U.S. now. As, I can't imagine why it would take a month, unless that's just, like, worst-case scenario. Uh, I it mean, it, it's shipping yards are plump full right now. Well, and, and the final trucking, like, the trucking industry is slammed right now, so... They, they don't have truck drivers to, to deliver them to dealerships either. So whatever, it's okay. I'm not worried about it. Driving my, my fishing buddy Charlie's old beat-up Volkswagen Passat in the meantime that I have to go get. <laughs> I have to go bring it to his mechanic friend on Wednesday morning before I leave for hunting because it's running really rough. So that's my that's my. So you have to experience. go fix a car that you're borrowing so you can drive up north for hunting. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this yep. sounds like an awful, yeah. awful thing. What, what about your Jeep? Uh, Jeep is Jeep needs new fuel injectors. It's running real poor, so I'm not taking that on. Wait, what year Jeep do you have? Oh four. Oh, so Mickey, other brother, and I are gonna fix that once I get my Maverick and sell it. Unless you know someone, John. No, well, sweeten, I, the I, pot, I sweeten the pot for some of that fishing gear. Oh, jeez. This could be a financial disaster. Ooh. Ooh. Take your motorcycle up there. Well, Charlie also just dropped off his gold wing at my house to store in my garage all winter. So I'm like, well, worst case scenario, I'll just take your gold wing up there. Well, you got a motorcycle. <laughs> Not taking a motorcycle on a snowy cross country, 370 mile trip. Sounds like a great idea. With, I don't. I don't know what you guys are thinking. With my deer rifle. With your, with no, my, my deer rifle. Well, I have my backup deer rifle strapped on my back on the way up there. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway. Yeah, you get some phone calls about that probably. Not up north. Once you once you get above like the city's line, you'd be fine. We live in an instant gratification society right now, and I'm just trying to remind remind myself like if this was the eighties, whatever, you'd have no idea where it was. You just it would show up and the dealer would call you. You probably wouldn't even be able to special order it. So it but it is challenging when you have enough details to to be frustrated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I'd rather have less details, no details, just get the call, but whatever. It's fine. It is what it is. I'm not stressing over it. And you're right. One less month of uh, truck payments. Exactly. Yeah. Hmm. Or, or two or three. <sighs> <laughs> Hopefully that. 
Dan, your boat came in time, right? My boat came in time for some of the summer. Is it is it done now officially? You- yes. Yep. I got it all. It's all dialed in, or I guess it's all finished at least. So oh, I br- no, no, like done for the year. Like, have you have you packed it in for the year? No, nope. It's still in the garage. I was planning on taking it out one last time. So this weekend, of course, was hunting, and it was like the most gorgeous weekend ever. So it would have been perfect to get out. And then now it's daylight savings, so getting home or daylight savings ended, I guess. So no, I was going to take it out tonight, but then my oldest had conferences, and I was going to take it out tomorrow, but my wife is going... Uh, pheasant hunting with work, which is of all the weirdest things for... Hey, that's a great idea for pheasant hunting for work. I know, I did it earlier this year. Hey, well, if your wife works for Federal, she gets to do cool stuff. Is she actually going to be, like, in the field hunting? Yeah. She's going to, what is it called? Horse and hound? Horse and hunt. Horse and hunt. Yeah. It's, like, a pretty legit day. Dang. I know. Those are good first-time experiences. And it's long. She's, like, going to be there from 10 to 6. Wow. Oh. Yeah. They're going to do sporting clays, trap, and then pheasant. Hopefully they bring shells. Oh, wait, she looks for federal. (laughs) It's federal, yeah. They said just, they told her to tell her what gauge they needed. I would have said 32. And they've been like, what? I need 32 gauge. 32 gauge? (laughs) All brass. No, so it's, yeah, it's going to be good for her. I might try to sneak out tomorrow afternoon. That's awesome. Take the kids with, I don't know. How about you, John? Is your boat? My boat's in storage. I bought my boat storage a month ago. I had some family issues going on. So yeah. I decided to put it in storage before I would forget about it, which you don't really forget about your boat, but it's one of those things. That we you changed the oil, right? Yeah. You didn't order the oil for me, did you? No. Okay. This is how the podcast goes, guys. <laughs> <laughs> just a, We're just chatting about it. Uh, so we got Because I changed the oil with you in the mid of summer. Yes. I don't, I don't, I'm not going to do it again this year. You should. I'm not going to. You should. It's got like why? eight hours since the last. Oh, oil really? Change. Yeah, yeah. Why? Because you're supposed to change it after the first ten, and then wait till the next hundred. It's. I definitely haven't gotten a hundred more hours. No, I need to get an hour meter hooked up to mine. Or I know. Hook up the any ma whatever the the crap is that hooks it up to the hummingbird tells me the hours. But I've heard that if you do that, your hummingbird can't display any transducer data. You need to have a dedicated hummingbird screen just for the n. M-E-A. Can't you just get like a... I thought you could switch screens because it's two different hookups. But you can't... You you can have it show engine data or you can have it show transmission or transducer data. You can't have it show both. Yeah, at the same time. So you can't time. like split screen it or whatever. No, no. I figured that. Well, I'd only use it for certain things. Does your gauge cluster have a blank circle? A two-inch circle? No. You don't? I don't think so. I have a two-inch blank circle. I have a RPM and a speedometer. And a small circle up top. Yeah, blank one. No, it's got a gauge in it, but I don't remember what it is. A fuel gauge. But I don't have oh. a blank one. I have a blank one. I'd like to I'd like to put an hour meter in there. Or you can get the Suzuki, the their gauge performance. It's like a gauge. Digital. Yeah. Yeah. They're like six hundred bucks though. That's a lot. To just read me how many hours I have. I just want to know how one night to change my oil. What I want is a trim gauge. Yeah, it would be going nice. from an inboard outboard. I miss having the trim gauge. Don't you just watch it like normal people? I mean, I'm, what am I going to turn around? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like normal people. No, I, I would like a trim gauge that I could feel like I could dial in being on plane. I just go by feel. Did you fog your motor? Yep. How do you do that? 
uh, on that motor, I unscrew the spark plugs, fog it, p- put fogging oil in all four cylinders, screw them back in, and just tap my starter, and that's it. You, ca- I can't really get in there and fog it like you wouldn't like a carbureted motor. So, do I have to do that? <laughs> <laughs> Folks, on the next episode of Tim the Toolman Taylor. <laughs> no. Well, some people say they don't do anything with their outboards. They just put them away for the winter. I fog them because I like to know that there's a little bit of oil in there. So if there's any moisture, it doesn't rust. It doesn't flash rust. It's kind of like wiping your guns down after you bring them out in the field. I always wipe my guns down after I go deer hunting. Mm-hmm. And everyone thinks I'm crazy, but I hate rust. Like that's to me on firearms, rust is negligence. Cause so I've how dr- long, how long does it have to be put away before the rust becomes an issue? I, I don't, I've never looked inside one for the, for the motor though. Yeah. I don't No idea. I fogged this weekend. We fogged two cars. You, I've never heard of anyone fogging a car motor. Yeah. We fogged my dad's yeah, I got a cutlass that we fogged. And then we tried to fog his Roadrunner, and it tried to eat the fogging cans. <laughs> it's a very monstrous motor that uh, really has a lot of output. Okay, so I got to pull the engine cowling, take a spark plug off. Yep, one at a time. And what do I spray? I in spray it? a little fogging oil, then screw it back in. Do I go to like Napa to get fogging oil, or you just come to my garage and get it done again? I, I if I'm going to do it, I'll just do it myself. Okay, unscrew your spark plugs, spray a little fogging oil, screw well, it back where, in. Where do you get the fogging oil? Napa. It's just like an automatic. It just says fogging oil. And just quick little spray? Yeah, little spray in there. That's what I do. I don't know. Maybe it doesn't do anything, but it makes me feel warm and fuzzy inside. Does it smoke really bad in the spring? No. Don't spray a ton of shit in there. But it starts, mine starts right up. A little sea foam in the gas and I know tank. When we used to take the bayliner in and get it professionally fogged and whatnot, it would smoke like crazy. A lot. Well, I, I don't know what they do with, with those. I mean, our car motors do smoke a lot with fogging oil, but I think it's okay. It's just like burning a little bit of oil. That's the only reason that I would have wanted a two-stroke. Our friend Steve's got that uh, Evinrude, the yeah. E-Tech, and he just puts it in the water, and there's like a sequence you do with the key, and it just automatically fogs and windrises itself at the boat ramp. It's amazing. It takes like three minutes. Really? I never did anything with my two-stroke before this. I literally put it away and spray. I did actually the same thing. I'd fog it, and that would be about it. But I didn't do anything else. I don't know. I spent a lot of money on the Bayliner, and this year I'm just like, yeah, let's risk it. <laughs> Maybe that's a bad attitude. But. Well, you still got warranty, right? So, <laughs> Well, yeah, I got great warranty. <laughs> I'm sure they're going to be real happy about that. the dealership's problem now. I asked the dealership what to do about it, what, you know, how to, how to deal with it. He said, just put it away for the winter. We should post this as a question. How do people winterize their boats? I'm sure there's a billion opinions about this. Okay, yeah. Well, It's like how to, how to break in a rifle barrel. Do you, you break in rifle barrels? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I don't know if I can handle this anymore. Okay. We are rank amateurs when it compares to John and his level of preparation and... I mean, John... Put it, put it this way. This weekend, deer hunting, what what did I do the night before deer hunting, right? I didn't decide I was going to go deer hunting until Thursday. So you so washed I, all your clothes and, like, scent, scent killer, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, and then I went downstairs to grab my rifle, and I'm like, I really don't like this scope. 
So I tore apart my whole rifle, handguard, rebarreled it, dialed it back in, put a new scope on it, cleaned up the trigger a little better, put a new muzzle brake on it because I didn't like the one I had. I spent probably four hours parting out this gun and putting it back together. Next morning, I go to the range, go shooting, like it, and then it breaks on the sixth round. The extractor hook broke off. Mm. How? I don't just karma. Okay, so then so I that's I mean that's the whole thing. Now I have a rifle with a broken extractor. Well, what did you use then? I used that rifle, and I had a screwdriver in my pocket. So you were gonna take a shot with a semi-automatic AR? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> don't you have a bolt action? No. Why would you own a bolt action? I do, but all my bolt actions are not good for deer. What? What would they be good for? Uh, targets. Like bolt action 22 or something? Yeah, I have a bolt action 22 and a bolt action 8 millimeter. And you don't have a single just standard deer rifle laying around? No, I don't deer hunt. Criminy. Maybe he's not the expert that I thought he was. I just, I don't, I have no desire to have a lightweight deer rifle. All my rifles are for distance shooting. I mean, they'll work for a deer. I don't think the deer will care, but this I built as a specific rifle for shooting distance and this worked until it broke until it broke <laughs> but it was I, I assume it was the metallurgy of the extractor there's it, just it failed real early there's something to me that just doesn't feel right hunting deer with an ar why i don't know it's like you're not going into combat I don't. I don't know. I've never. I guess I've never grown up around it. I've now, never. I've what, never what, seen anyone do it before. What deer zone? I mean, how many deer can you guys shoot? Like five, five. With, yeah, with we five. It's intensive harvest, so you can have five tags if you wanted to. Five. Yeah, yeah we're in an intensive harvest too. We're five. One buck, four does, and then two mm -hmm. land management permits. If you want. Do you go out with a full thirty round mag? No, I use five rounders. Is this an AR-10? No, it is an AR-15 platform. It's a 6.5 Grendel, so it's smaller. It's a smaller magazine than a 6.5 Creedmoor. It's a smaller platform, but it's still a, I mean, it's still a two to 300-yard deer cartridge. Hmm. Is it similar to a 300 Blackout? No, not at all. It looks like a bottleneck regular deer cartridge. It's like mm -hmm. a 243. Okay. Real, I mean, like, ballistically pretty... You know, it's comparable to something like that. Sure, sure. Because at 243, you wouldn't want to take a super long shot at a deer. All right. On top of the winterizing question, what do you guys use for deer hunting? <laughs> what is your weapon of choice in the field? We want to hear from you. Well, I should say I, I used two different weapons that week, this weekend. Depends on where I was going. What was your other What one? are the other ones? My other one was my son's 300 blackout uh, pistol. When we, were, Short barrel yeah, when we were running around the woods trying to drive them with a red dot. <laughs> how, how did your son have... He couldn't hunt. He's not old enough to carry a gun. I agree, but on paper, according to my wife, it is his deer rifle because I couldn't... She didn't want me to buy another rifle, so I said, fine, I built Ben one. So I said it was his deer rifle. But he didn't carry it around. No. You carried it... Okay. Yeah, I carried it for him. He can't hunt. I mean, okay. he's, he's eight, seven, right? Or eight, yeah, no, he's still seven. He'll be eight soon. But yeah, he actually can't. Yeah, he can't know. hunt. I mean, my son's 10. He can't hunt yet. When is it like 11 they can start well, he shooting? Could, he could do youth hunt, but 
he they can't take firearm safety until they're twelve. Oh, and I'm not. I don't want him to hunt until he can have firearm safety, or at least at least not during. I think hunting. I think it might be eleven now. No, I looked it up. Firearm safety is is twelve. But you can, might be can, able to buy a license. Can you go like with your parent on the normal hunt if you're eleven? Is that how it works now? I don't know. Okay, I, I'm not going to let him hunt unless it's the youth hunt until he has his firearm safety. Yeah. Well, yeah. So he, got, he went for the first time this year. He'll go again next year with me. And then the following year, he'll be able to have his own gun. Jeez, I think my son was ready to shoot anything that walked in the woods. He's uh, For me, my son can pick out stuff in the woods way faster than I ever can, like, see stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, De- Devin's definitely capable of doing it, but... I, just, I want to give him more experience. My kid was glassing for like three hours and I'm like, geez, just give it up. I remember the year that I started hunting and I was deathly ill, like during my firearm safety class and I couldn't miss it. Cause if you missed it, then you wouldn't get your certificate. And I was like, no, I'm going, I was like, like flu, horrible fever. Like I'm, I'm going to firearm safety. I remember that. I didn't go like, with you for that year, did I? No, because you were a year younger than me, so you did it the next year. Did you guys do it through the schools? We did it through Richfield VFW. Yep. Ours was done at school, and I, Mr. Kinsvater, if anybody remembers him, he had firearm safety at school. Mm. Was he a, an actual school teacher? Yes, and you did it right after class. Hmm. And I swear it was almost mandatory. I don't know if it actually was, but I remember you every white pair. I remember everybody taking it. Well, we grew up in, we were in Maple Grove at the time, or Brooklyn Park, I guess. And we drove to Richfield to the VFW because yep. of our scout troop. Yep. Yeah. We did it with all of our Boy Scouts. Yep. But that place was packed. Hundreds of people were there. Jam packed. Yeah. It was, it, was it was a huge VFW hall full of kids and parents. Yeah. It was not, they weren't playing around. No. And they took us out to the range. It had an awesome range day afterwards. That was the place to do it. And I remember getting in trouble at the shooting part of it because we were all shooting and he gave one of us the scoped rifle. Like, oh, you know, you can be the marksman. So everybody shoot and make a little, try to make a group and everyone's looked like shotgun patterns at that time because we were, you know, it was iron sights. So the kid next to me, because the targets are like, you know, three inches apart. I shot out a staple so his target fell. <laughs> and I remember the teacher yelling at me. <laughs> but then he's like, that was pretty good shooting. <laughs> I remember they had black rifle yep. or black black, uh, black powder. Yeah, powder. Yep. Did they have a, they had a tracer ground? They, I know that they shot a tracer when I was there, which was really weird to see. I feel see. like they had that and, yeah, then they had the, they had the muzzle loaders. So yeah, had muzzle like, loader. Had the, like, they, but it was, and they had like, an, like an old like flintlock yeah, muzzle loader. Yeah, it was old school. So you like, poof, and it was like a, like a three second delay. Shh, you could hear like the fuse burning. Shh, yeah, yeah, it was not was, like a, it was not like a regular gun. It was a totally different feel. You ever try to shoot one of those at a target? We, I was. Oh, that, I that's was what you that. guys were doing. Yeah. Just not. Sh- it's like it's the hard hardest not to thing. flinch. Yeah, you end up flinching a couple times before it yeah. actually goes off. Well, it's like a sparkler goes off in front of your face first, like <laughs> completely dazzling you, and then so you you almost have to like blink while the you know the flint is coming down, and then yeah, that's old school muzzle or the new stuff. Well, I mean, the it was, inlines are it was completely it was like an actual musket, you know. Like, yeah, this was not like a modern day rifle. No, this was, oh, this was very old. The new ones are like cheating is what. And it, yeah. I mean, it shot up a, a massive cloud. Yep. It was, it was cool. It was super fun. Yeah. Rich. I don't know if Richfield VFW does it anymore. 
I don't know. Call us up if you've been to the Richfield. You have, you have, you have <laughs> we got class. a lot of comments today. <laughs> <coughs> okay, so but back Tom, to, you I, had oh. Tom. I'm sorry, I, Tom. You had gun problems this year too. Yeah, well, I had procrastination problems. Is what I really had. So you but, had no ammo. But your gun didn't work last year either. Yeah. So I I, bu- I bought a new scope through your wife's company. And it was a little bit too much scope. My my old scope was old, old, like three by nine, you know, junk. It would fog up. So I got a I got a really nice scope. And then last year I decided to get it mounted and bore sighted like two weeks before before hunting. And they and I have an older bolt action thirty odd six and they said, There's something wrong with the crown of your gun. It's like it's like an older gun, so the crown isn't exactly even, so we can't get it bore sighted. And you're going to have to have this like milled down correctly in order to do it. So I didn't use that gun last year. And then this year I've just been so busy, so crazy. And like I kept on meaning to get to it, get to it, get to it. And I never did. So thankfully Danny just left his gun up at the shack for me that I'm going to use. And then I've got my nice little Ruger 44 carbine for the, for the woods. That, that gun's awesome. Yeah. See, you have two different guns, one for the woods, one for the field. Yeah, but it's a it's it's a deer rifle. It's not an AR. It is a carbine though. It's pretty it's a sweet little gun. It looks how, a how lot, many, it's how many just rounds like a 10 old? 5. Oh, so it's like a, it's like a tube though. There's yeah. no, there's no there's no magazine. Oh, that's right. They do not have a magazine. Yeah, it's tube fed. So, my aunt and uncle loaned me the exact same model of that gun, Ruger 44 carbine for my first year of deer hunting. I shot my first year with it fell in love with that gun and I was like, oh, can I buy that from you guys? No, they don't want to give it up. So I went to a DNR auction where they you know, confiscated guns and that was the only one that they had in there. And I, I, I mean, I didn't go crazy bidding on it, but there was, there was some action on it and I, and I was determined. It was expensive. It. it was like 600 bucks. That's yeah. not bad. I mean, those are very cool little carbines. Yeah. I'm very happy with my Tika. My, I, I like my Tika T3. Yeah, I like your gun too. Yeah. I, like, I like your gun a lot. I'm thinking about actually trading in my my gun for for something similar to yours, something synthetic, but an actual hunting rifle. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the deer give a hoot what they get shot with. No, mine's what? a hunting rifle. It hunts. I mean, I could what bring my I, I could bring my 223 out. See, I think that's a little on the cusp of being light for Minnesota. I mean, I I don't bring it out because I don't want it. I mean, I, I have want... I have deer loads for my two two threes. Do you think my what does the my A and the AR work? stand for? Armalite. Isn't it assault? No, no it's, it's Armalite rifle. Oh, that's okay. the name of the company that oh my developed it. Gosh, sorry, listeners. Jeez. I'm Do your two A research, Tom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's not an assault weapon. Plus, they're not fully automatic. I mean, they're not supposed to be. <laughs> no, mine shoots. Well, mine only shoots one round right now. Mine's not even a bolt. You should have seen the face John just made after he said it's not fully automatic. I'm so disappointed. Yeah, it is. <laughs> That'd be way more fun. I've never shot a full auto. I have shot many. I would think that I would get frustrated with having to continually reload the mags. I don't like reloading mags. There's there's no <laughs> frustration in full autos. It's just fun. I have to get a shot sometime. See what I did there? But I'm um, <laughs> <laughs> no. Shot. I used to work at Bill's Gun Shop and Range, so we shot every full auto you ever could think of. Inside a range? That yeah. sounds dangerous. They told us you can't even do three round bursts. 
But, well, it was a different time back then. I guess. I guess. Yeah, we shot Stens, we shot MP5s, we shot ARs, AKs, Uzis. I'm glad we're finally talking shooting for once, by the way. Like, we need to have, like, a whole dedicated episode to this. Because yeah, I know we, we got more stuff to talk about, and John's a, a nut, and he could educate both of us on all this stuff, so. Trust me. I like, was, I, 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 give was, him, I give him crap for hunting with an AR, but. The reason I hunt respect, with... Respect the, for the, the gear master over there. The reason I hunt with an AR is that's the platform I'm most familiar with. So, to me, having a bolt gun would feel weird because I shoot pistol grape ARs all year, so it's just natural for me to have one during deer season. Plus, all my gear's rigged up for it. Can Here's a question for you. Okay, so what kind of scope do you have on that thing, first of all? I have a Bushnell Engage 4x14x40. Okay. What's your average, like, I know you don't deer hunt very often, but, like, what's your average range of your shots that you're taking? Um, I'm under 200 yards. I mean, easily under 200 yards. Probably 150 would be a long shot and 50 being a short shot. We yeah. actually hunt. I, I changed weapons up twice because we hunted in a couple different areas, but we hunted over a fairly large field, which the farthest shot was almost 400 yards. Yeah. See, that's unique, I think, to Minnesota and, like, the areas that we hunt in, Dan, and then probably you're, you're kind of in that same type of situation where it's flat, pretty open, or else it's, like, very, very long fence lines that you're shooting. So yeah, it, I feel like our, our my average shot is at least 150, at least. That's, like, the minimum. And my shot where my stand is is 50 max. Well, you're in, you're in like, a little, like, brush clearing area, mm-hmm. so... But my gun's zeroed for 100, so when you yeah. go out there... And I got the ammo that I left up there is super high quality. It's good stuff. I only need one. <laughs> I only good. need one. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. There's that's plenty what, there. That's what I figured. I only needed one, too, but... No, it's, I like that gun. I like that gun a lot. Yeah, we don't talk about much shooting at all. No? Let's talk about it. I think we were pent up. We were, we've gone... But we're 31 minutes in now already. No, we aren't. Are we really? Yeah. Holy smokes. We should probably <laughs> do a commercial break and talk about ice fishing. Right. I kind of like the gun talk. I, I do too. It, it's enjoyable. What range did you take your gun to to sight it in? I brought it to Bill's. And the best part, because they have a 50-yard indoor range. 50-yard indoor? Yeah. Where Bill's in, in Circle Pines has a 50-yard indoor range. If you guys ever want to check it out, it's Bill's Gun been, Shop and Range. There. I've been there, yeah. Um, but their indoor range is awesome. The thing I brought in, so I brought in a coupon that I had that expired in 2016. <laughs> the guy goes, where did you get this? And I'm like, ah, I used to work here a couple of years ago. And the owner's son was there. And he's like, oh, yeah, I remember you. And I'm like, yeah, you were five at the time, the last time <laughs> I was in here. They, they honored the coupon. I will give them, I give them mad, mad props for doing it. I bring my gun to. Oh, sorry. Go oh, ahead. I went in there and there was a guy next to me and I felt very bad. I, I was under a time crunch. It was over my lunch hour, according to work. And uh, I went in there and I shot both rifles, had them zeroed in like 15 minutes and walked out. But the guy next to me shot. It must have been 50 times. I, I was like, I guarantee he's got a broken scope and he's going to sit there all day. And not be able to get on paper. There's his his shots were all over the board. There's nothing, mm-hmm. nothing worse than going into the field deer hunting with an unreliable gun. Mm-hmm. That's why I had to get the new one because my old gun wasn't 
I couldn't count on it. Yeah, and that's why I it mean, makes you it makes you not even want to take that shot. You know, like you have like this beautiful trophy buck, you know, seventy five yards away, and you're just like, I don't know, like I don't want to just wing it. You know, well, and that's why I mean, preparation for the season is so important. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, that it goes with any season. Like ice fishing, people should be bringing out their stuff now looking to see if they have a battery that has any percentage of power left in it. I brought all my ice fishing gear out Sunday night, started checking batteries, started, you know, adjusting stuff, made sure there was no mice in my house. I feel like the older you get, the more like hunting season for sure sneaks up on me. Like when we were kids, you know, like you always had guaranteed you were going to be off four days, Emmy a weekend, you're going to go upside in your rifle. You're good to go. Now I work every other weekend and almost everyone is an MEA. Like I had to miss opener for hunting this year for work. And so it just sneaks up on me. And then I like, crap, I am not ready to go at all. <laughs> yeah. I, Dan, I need I to borrow st- your gun. I still get to go up for MEA because I teach, but yeah, I, I hunt sight my gun in it at Monticello Sportsman Club. It's, it's a really nice outdoor range. Have you been there before? I have never been there. I usually go to Beaverbrook because it's close by my house. So Monticello Sportsman Club is a private range. Nope. But then they have deer sighted. They have sighted yeah, yeah. two weekends. And uh, me and a buddy of mine go up there every year, and it's just a really nice range. They have a, a 25 and a 50-yard range, like, in the same spot. Yep. So you sit at the same bench, and you can do 25 and 50. And when you get there, you have to put one on paper at 50 yards before they let you do anything else. So you, you paid 10 bucks or whatever per rifle. And then you go to the 50-yard station, and... You know, you have to put one on paper in, you know, reasonable accuracy before they let you go to the 100-yard station just to show that your your scope's where it needs to be. Yeah, well, that may, that's, you should do that because if you start at 25, get it on paper, put it a half inch high, and then start working your way out. Yeah, so then I I take it to the 100-yard range because that's where I like to zero it at. And then they have a 200-yard range, too, if you want it. And I you know. should zero at 200 for your 30-odd six. I zero, I zero at 100 for mine. Yeah, I know that you could do it different, and then you have to do different ballistic figuring or whatever. It's like an inch difference. I got a new scope that I didn't get mounted this year that has a um, parallax, so you can you can have uh, with the knob you can have it zeroed for fifty, hundred, one twenty five. Yeah, a lot of different numbers, which I'm planning to use next year. But I think you mean a ballistic drop compensator? Parallax is something different. Isn't parallax where you can have the reticle in focus at different? Yes, but that, that doesn't do change the zoom, right? That doesn't change your bullet drop. Yeah. That's a bullet compensation. So it, it has both, I guess. It oh. has it has the bullet, it has the knob for distance, and it does have a parallax too. Yeah, it's a legit scope. Allie got it for she got, she actually got it for free. It was oh. kind of ridiculous. So she went to the she went to the <coughs> Bushnell headquarters, and they had like a bunch of banged up boxes that they couldn't sell. Why did like, you not tell me about this sale? <laughs> it's not a sale. And it wasn't a sale. It was a, it was a, fill your it was a free-for-all. She came home with a box full of stuff, and most of it was broken, but there was this one Weaver scope in there. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And I looked it up. It was like a $700 scope. It's like, well. You, it's really hard to break a scope. You'd the scope, this, the box is destroyed. Yeah. But the scope is totally fine. I mean, I assume it's fine. You'll find out when the crosshairs fall out of the scope. Yeah. She brought home a sport, uh, a spotting scope. And I was like, sweet. I, I've always wanted a spotting scope. And I tried to look through it. It was missing the eyepiece. Oh, It was just the tube. 
I was like, is that the one that you said you left me a spotting scope up there? Is that the one? No, actually, what I, <laughs> that's a probably that thing. He's like, I left your, I left my gun up at hunting and a spotting scope for you. No, the thing I left up there is awesome. It's a rangefinder. Oh, rangefinder. Laser, laser rangefinder. Okay, cool. It's a Bushnell golf one, but it it's accurate out to like 800 yards. Nice. And it it's fucking cool. I mean, freaking cool. I mean, stupid cool. Dang it. Yeah, Believe we that did one. so Believe well. That one for us, Actually, the the best part about the whole weekend, my brother came up and he's like, "Yep, got my three hundred blackout all ready to go." And I said, "You bring some ammo?" He goes, "I didn't bring any ammo." Like, what? <laughs> he goes, "I brought some target rounds." He goes, "I forgot. I don't. Yeah, I don't." I was like, "Well, luckily I have a box." I said, "The price is kind of steep at five in the morning, morning of deer opener." Jeez, he's like, "I only need one." What would a a frangible round do to a deer? It wasn't fragile. They're full metal jackets. So it, it just passed straight through. It would through. just pass straight through them like a little pencil line. Frangible would be interesting to see what that would do. Uh, no. I mean, I don't, I'm not saying try it. I'm just wondering what it would it do. Would prob- it would probably do some damage, but I don't know how it much like energy it would have. Blow apart would, their shoulder and that's it or it something. It would dissipate really you fast. You know what frangible means, right? Yeah. It like, franges. It turns into like powder. Yeah. I think it'd be a good home defense round. Yeah, it doesn't go through sheetrock very well. I mean, it doesn't it, go through people really well. No. I mean, I don't think I'd try it. I mean, if we want to do a test, we get to you know, put you a bulletproof vest and start shooting you with it. <laughs> hey, can he get in here? <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, and, uh, but the, for, so the Monticello Sportsman Club. So it's a private club, and they're like, you should sign up for it. So it's like a waiting list. You have to they only have a certain number of people who are like shareholders. Yeah. And you put your name on the list, and when it comes available, it's $1,000 for a share. But then you have free access to the range. All, at all times for it's, life or yeah well, but then they but it. then they open it up like like three weekends before deer season for non-members to go in there just yeah. for sightings yeah but they sightings. make probably all their money in those three weeks yeah but if you're a, if you're a member you can you have a gate code and you can go there it's like a, it's like a legit it's like a membership it's a it's a it's nice i was there last year i like that place but there, that, yeah. a lot of gun ranges a, are like that it has a skeet station it has a trap station it has pistol it has I mean, it looks like the type of thing that you'd see Grantham training at, if you know who Grantham the YouTuber is. No, I, like, subscribe to Jerry Micklick and stuff. Sure. There's be been like, a few years I've gone to the Oakdale Gun Club. You've never heard of Jerry Micklick? I know Jerry. Yeah. I bought one. I bought a 625 JM revolver just because of one of a YouTube episodes. That guy is, like, eight feet tall. No. Oh, no, what? no. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, uh, I know Jerry Micklick. He's the fast, he's the fast Super shooter. Super fast shooter, shooter. Who's the really tall guy? Uh, Tom Knapp. I think Tom Knapp's dead. That's a fine Benelli shotgun right there. <laughs> <laughs> he had the best voice. Oh my he gosh. was he was an entertainer. I, I love, I love that dude. That guy was awesome. All right, I gotta find this. You guys talk about. All right, yourselves. should we have a commercial break and yeah, then we go back to ice right. fishing afterwards? I kind of like talking guns, but yeah, let's do a commercial break either way. And you guys, do you know what tomorrow is? What? Well, you'll find out in our bumper music. Uh oh. We'll be right back after this. Oh, boy. Hey, everybody. (laughs) This is Dan from the Iceman. (laughs) Oh, this is great bumper music, Tom. It's tomorrow. Tomorrow's the day. day. Tomorrow's the day that the, the November winds came early. 
All right. Sorry. I can't do a commercial with this song going on. <laughs> you can't. No. How am I going to supposed to hype up with this commercial going on? All right. We're not even gonna. We're not even gonna stop. Just hold just, on. Yeah. Just let's let's f it. We'll do it live. <laughs> Hey, you didn't swear. I didn't. I yelled it in. <laughs> hey, everybody. This is Dan from the Icewind. Going to talk about our sponsor, Tuned Up Custom Rods. Hey, check us out this uh, weekend at the Dakota Ice Institute in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, or at the Shields Ice Fest coming up at several of the Shields locations over the next couple of weeks. Make sure you use the promo code ICEMAN at checkout on tunedupcustomrods.com to save 10% off your order. And check out Freedom Baits if you need baits. Hand-poured, high-quality baits. Freedom Baits with a Z. Dot com. Use the code ICEMEN for 10% off on your order. And then also, if you want to keep all your stuff cool, use Maluna coolers. They are the best. Uh, made up in Brainerd, Rotomoto high-quality coolers. And they are pretty much the nicest coolers I've ever owned. I can't wait to get our, our And Maluna use the cooler. code ICEMEN for a discount. Ooh, I, I am stoked for my Maluna cooler. Yep, got it. Oh, I guess what I forgot to pick up this weekend. Were you up there? Yes. Come oh, on, dude. Oh, and I even said I would pick them up. It's okay. I had yep. an empty truck and everything, but I'll be up there next weekend. And just real quick before we get back into it, I just want to give a good shout out to our uh, supporters, Ryan Johns, Pete Scholes. Pete Scholl, thanks guys for helping us out. If you want to support the podcast, look at our link at the bottom of the anchor or at the bottom of our podcast page and you can yeah. support podcast and we've got some free cool little stuff to give our sponsor or our supporters <laughs> accurate okay as far as shields ice fest we're gonna do this because geez we're so off track with all this gun stuff it was just a dynamite commercial break yeah, yeah. that was, that was right. so he's <laughs> like hey guys this is what happens when you guys get in a room and there's no oxygen they've ran out of oxygen now. we're just breathing in cardboard fumes right now it does smell weird. Yeah. All right. Shields Ice Fest. St. Cloud, November 12th through the 14th. Bismarck, 16th through the 17th. Fargo, 19th through the 20th. Eden Prairie, December 10th. And Sioux Falls, the 10th through the 11th. Now, we'll what, have Rod's what is, there. We'll yeah, have what pro staffers like? there. Um, so you get to ask questions to our pro staff and then people that live in that area so you can get the best recommendation for what rod you need. Have you been to the Eden Prairie Shields yet? Yes, it's, it's amazing. I call it the $300 bill store. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> fair. It literally, I, I walk in there and it's like my money comes out of my wallet and right into Shields. Yeah, it's a, it's a super legit store. I had the weirdest cart the last time I went in there. I bought some sandals. I was going to that's the only thing I've bought there is a, is a ridiculously expensive pair of sandals. Yeah, there were some Hawaiian ones. Yes. They're super comfortable. Like, say, it's like Oak, Okani or something like that. Yeah. Ok- Okano or yeah. something. Yeah. I can't pronounce it, but they're, I wore They're amazing. Yeah. They were weird shaped though. They weren't flat. No, they're contoured, but they're like 90 bucks. I didn't really look at any prices. My, yeah, I bought my kid good. shoes. I bought ammo. I bought some fishing lures, bought more ammo. Then I bought some reloading stuff. And some more ammo. That doesn't sound like a weird cart for shields to me. I don't know. You you get checked out and you have flip flops and some six five Grendel. Yeah, that's a little weird. <laughs> a couple of exercise balls. And like <laughs> it's shields. What are you gonna do? I almost bought a wakeboard for my kid just because I want to see him try it. That'd be pretty neat. Okay, so when is the the Eden Prairie is December tenth? You said. Yep. Oh, you put it away already, huh? I did. Yeah, that's my um, birthday, guys. It is. Are we gonna be? Is there going to be an appearance from you guys at those shows, or they'll be tuned up pro staff? Tuned, tuned up, up pro staff. staff. Okay, I don't really usually go to those shows. No one wants to listen to He's me. He's busy building rods. Yeah, usually I'm slaving away in the back room. 
Dan will probably admit that that's usually a pretty dark time for me. Yeah. If you, it, when you talk to John, if you are a customer, you get the best of him. If you're not a customer, it's just like one constant you beep. Get the rest. <laughs> beep. Sometimes it gets a little stressful. <laughs> okay. You know, it's a busy time of year. Mm-hmm. You should see Santa. Yeah. He's, John is fishing around t- Santa. Yeah. He's tied up and back there. Yeah, that, guy, that guy hates December. <laughs> but you could you imagine him getting all, I mean, that's a lot of Christmas orders to fulfill for Santa. I mean, yeah. I, we have the same gripe. I know, right? Yeah. At least he gets to do it by magic. And and he gets to utilize time zones. It's true. You don't have We're that. all in one time zone. Yeah. Even our rod's going to Michigan and barely in a different time zone. Yeah. I mean, I think you got it worse than Santa. <laughs> <laughs> don't remind me. <laughs> now I get a feel even worse. <laughs> Not too dark yet. It's pretty early and it's still like 55 degrees outside. True. True. Not, for, not for long, though. Yeah, once it starts snowing this weekend, then I will be crappy. I think there's going to be a lot of people at Sioux Falls with ice on their mind. Yeah. 30 degrees and precipitation. It's supposed to be like 19 at night, so oh, yeah. there could be there could be legit a crusty little layer of ice somewhere. I'm excited for Sioux Falls. That someone's going to post. And I'm excited for that show. Yeah, I am too. I like shows. So this, if you go out to Sioux Falls, you'll see John and his wife, me and my wife, and then Kelsey. Kelsey. Our shop employee. Yep. It's going to be a good show. Yep. It'll be a lean crew, but it, uh, it'll it be fun. Bunch of rods? Yep. We should have we should have two rods there. And by <laughs> lean, he means just not that many people. Yeah. Yeah. He's not referring <laughs> to the body type. Yeah. He's referring to the to the number count of staff. Dan and I are like the Dallas Cowboy uh, O-line. You know, I was thinking about this after we were talking about four inches of ice the other day. And it's like the, the Iceman is like, we need to have an Iceman weight loss challenge. I think we should do it. So we could do four inches. Yeah. So Dude, like, I go on four inches all the time. It's when it's two that I fall through. Well, there we go. I think that since the DNR says four inches, that's got to be safe enough for just about any, for everybody, right? They wouldn't put four inches for safe walking if it wasn't, if they didn't feel pretty comfortable that a person who could physically walk wouldn't fall through. <laughs> they do say, like, they have, like, stipulations. Like, so it's got to be Wheeling a guy out there on, like, a bariatric stretcher. <laughs> Well, five inches is for an ATV. What is that? Seven hundred pounds. Yeah. So I no, think yeah. the Honda Foremans are not that heavy. My oh, full hey, waist. Speaking of that, I got an inside track on a new uh, ATV, John. So what? I'm I might be getting one. Tom. Really? Yeah. It's a 2001. Tell me more. Tell me more. 2001 Polaris Sportsman 500 HO. I don't. That's know. pretty sweet. Yeah, I'm excited about it. It's not. I mean, it's. I I mean, I don't even know how to value it. It's got like 2,000 miles on it. You said it was a 500? Yeah. My. I don't know. They're hot four. right now, so like, but that's, you know, 21 years old too, so. I know, but it runs great. I had a chance to drive it this weekend. Runs awesome. I'd like to get it. I need a, I need a four-wheeler. Yeah. For what? Well, when we go up to our cabin, Tom has a four-wheeler. Yep. My dad has a four-wheeler, but I have a bunch of kids and a wife and we like to ride, and sometimes those four-wheelers aren't there. I'm actually, I'm bringing mine home this year. Are you? Yeah, I'm going to use it on the ice this year. And that's the other thing. I want it for ice fishing. Yep. Now that you got a truck. Exactly. Maybe. Then you need a trailer. <laughs> you can put it in the bed of the truck. Can you? Allegedly. That's what they say. It's a 4 by 5 by 4 by 5 so I don't think the tailgate can go up with the Oh, I can't, the they, I can't close my tailgate with my four-wheeler in there. Yours is four and a half feet long? Yeah, it's almost exactly square. 
Really? Yeah. And I have a five and a half foot. You have a six foot bed, right? I have a five and a half foot. Do you? Yep. I mean, I know a four wheel will fit in there, but I wouldn't be able to fit my my otter flip over in there. No. You well, you have a cabin, right? Yeah. You can fit it in there and close it. Not with a four wheeler in there. Oh God, no. No, no, no. <laughs> That'd be way too much junk. In but there. I have a trailer rack, so I can put the sport. I can put the. You just otter- need to have a. Just get a little trailer. Just, well, you, you don't even need an enclosed trailer. Just a no, little I, utility trailer. Yeah, just a little utility trailer. I would recommend an enclosed trailer. That's because you want an enclosed trailer to haul rods to the ice show. Maybe. <laughs> For selfish reasons. <laughs> I, I am not a fan of loading a wheeler in the back of a pickup truck. I've never done it. It is terrifying. Yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not fun. I don't, I don't like know. loading it in the back of dad's trailer. No. That scares me. Yeah, right. That, that but, trailer, that square one that you have, mm-hmm. that, that is a terrifying trailer to load a four-wheeler in because it's but, too high and he uses a two by six he uses two two by sixes to drive up on there that's that's the loading method we even bought him legit aluminum uh ramps and he doesn't use them he just uses some janky two by sixes literally two by sixes with with one by fours uh strips up and for more traction that was an emergency fix that I did up at the cabin because we were storing it at our uncle's place up there and it snowed and the two by sixes were too slippery to get the machines up. They just kept on sliding off, sliding yeah, it's off. So not, it's not safe at all. Folks, well, don't try this at home. No, I don't want to try well, it. My new technique now is to not ride the machine up, just s- s- straddle it, hit the throttle and just goose it up there. It's a lot easier to be on it because I, I don't like where I feel like I'm going to fall backwards. Right, exactly. It's not a good feeling. Or when you slip, if you slip off the ramps, you know, if you're not on it, it's not that big of a deal, whatever. Yeah. Well, I hope to buy it. It doesn't have a winch, which I want a winch. You know, I only used my winch one time. Yeah. And when I needed to use it, I should have not used it. I should have called someone to pull a tractor out and get me out. <laughs> All right. It also doesn't have a receiver, a hitch receiver. Not necessary. But if, if I want to use... My, um, I want to get one of those otter uh, trailer rack. What do they call them? The hitch pins or whatever. Yeah. So you can pull it. So do those. Mine's Couldn't you just little, tie it? Mine's got a little welded tang on it for it. On your four wheeler? Yeah. So how does the hitch, how does that, that uh, triangle arm or whatever, the, what do they call the, the otter thing called? The tow bar. Yeah. It just, that? mine just goes right through the hole of my rear axle. I have a, see, I have a, so I have a Honda Foreman with a, straight axle mm-hmm. so i can haul all kinds of stuff with mine but what is the what is the front end of the otter tow bar look like a little u-shaped thing and it goes it just hooks right over into my four-wheeler so you don't need a hitch i don't i've never like had i a thought hitch. i thought it was like the size of a no of a receiver bar no 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 it's just a pin that goes through it oh okay then i don't have to worry because it does yeah. have a it does have a little loop in the back yeah i think that that would make my life a lot easier if i could just right now mine's got a one and seven eighth ball on it because i i will be launching a boat with it in the spring (laughs) a small boat if it's a one and seven eighths it's not a big boat that's a 16 and a half foot boat really yeah don't it's the most terrifying (laughs) sketch (laughs) super terrifying yeah you guys saw those posts from the spring with all the boats or all the trucks in the water that's gonna be john's four-wheeler oh no it's legit so i back it in and then you hammer it in reverse to get it deep enough. And then you're like, usually when the exhaust pipes start going, bloop, bloop, bloop. And then I know I'm deep enough. Launch the boat off and then hammer it back into first and yank the trailer out, which is <laughs> probably twice the weight of my four-wheeler. 
Okay. Just hope there's no moss on the on the ramp and you don't start slipping it's just, and sliding. It's just, sand. it's just sand. I, oh. It's not a ramp. Oh, okay. And if I get it stuck, it's used. Then I got to go get my truck and get all of it out. So then, if I get my truck stuck, then I have why to not just use your truck? Just out of curiosity. Okay, because I'm driving over my parents' septic. Oh. And I my truck. I I have a big fear. I'm going to crack their septic, but I don't mind driving the boat over it because the boat doesn't weigh that much. Yeah, you don't want to drive over septic tanks. Nope. Oh, it's not the tank. It's just the pipe. Yeah, like the, so it, the it, vent or whatever. The four-wheeler doesn't seem to damage it, but I'm not sure about my truck. It wouldn't be the, worth the, the drain, risk. The drain field, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you don't, I don't, yeah, that's not worth it. That'd risk. be shitty. <laughs> I see what you There you go. You <laughs> play yourself out. Nice. <laughs> So what's your best moment of the ice shows? You ever have one? My favorite part of the ice shows? Um, So when I first started going to the ice show with Tuned Up, I was a little starstruck because all of the... Oh, that's sweet, Dan. (laughs) Not not by you. Trust me, not by you. But all of the names of the industry are there. You know, like you're walking around and there's Dave Gens and there's Jason Mitchell and there's... Brad Hawthorne and there's James, James Holst and, and Tony Roach and John Thielen and all these people who I watch on TV and who I have, you know, taken a lot of advice from and are celebrity like to me. And all of a sudden they're standing there and it's a trade show. So they're there with the express intent to talk to people. So the approachability is pretty remarkable. It's a captive audience. They have to talk to you. <laughs> well, even when they don't have to, like I bumped into Dave Gens. He was walking past our booth and I'm like, oh, hey, Dave, you know, I saw a video that you posted of you riding your electric bike out in the, uh, on pulling a uh, clam hub or whatever. And he's like, oh, thanks, man. And he walked over, he pulled his cell phone out and showed me like eight behind the scenes videos of it. I'm like, holy crap, that's freaking Dave Gens. That's because I think a lot of people in the ice fishing industry are real normal. Uh, they're yes. a lot more normal than people think they are. Well, it's a small industry. It's a really small industry. It's real small. I mean, you have probably 20 very influential people. After that, it's not much. After that, it's it's me yeah. <laughs> with a podcast. <laughs> where, where do I rank on the list? Yeah. I wanna, I'm want. i just curious. Uh, the producer of the Iceman. You're not at the bottom. <laughs> 7,993. <laughs> Yeah, there's, there's I pe- made the top 10,000, yes. There's people below you. <laughs> <laughs> You're not at the top either. <laughs> but it was, I thought that was cool. So for as far as, you know, ice show moments, I thought that was cool. Um, just the way that you can just be around these people. Uh, the St. Paul show is, is so fun. It's so crowded, which when I was there as a customer, the first time I met you, I was there to buy a rod from you it was overwhelmingly crowded. And I know that's sometimes a complaint that that show gets. It's part of the show though. I, I don't, I, I don't know why people are like, Oh, it's so overcrowded. I don't want to go. Well then don't go. You go there because it's cool. Everybody brings out their best. It's the Super Bowl. That's mm-hmm. what we all call it. I, I made the mistake the first time of, of not planning for the crowd. So I had my jacket on. Oh no, you, had, you could I, go in there with short pants and a t-shirt yeah, and I was, still be hot. I was too hot. I was uncomfortable and I didn't have the patience to browse for stuff. To me, the worst part would be like lugging your purchases from, from stand to stand to yeah. stand after like you, you know, like all your freebies and your purchases. Well, and- I, I bought that FLX 28 down there and it's not a big, that's not a big 
purchase, but I had to then deal with that it's box. It's an awkward per- purchase because yeah. it's probably not big enough to run back to your car right away. But Well, and I was working. I was at the booth, so now I've got to deal with this thing for the next five hours. Oh, which yeah. It's challenging. And they you should, see they people- should have like a will call or like a check, like a check room, like a coat check room. Check check your gear room. They have for big purchases they have will call, but people people buy like legit full size fish houses there. I mean they people buy really big things there. Well at least if you got a fish house you'd have a place to store all your stuff. <laughs> no, I mean like I mean like a like no. a flip over. Oh okay. yeah, that was a lot of people buy that stuff. Just tow just tow it behind them. I don't even know what they do with it. I don't they come to the loading dock? Yeah. Yeah. I yep. think you go to the loading dock. I don't know. It's I, I think the show is exciting. Be, working there, I find it more exciting than going there. I enjoy working there more than I enjoyed going to it. I haven't actually like attended one that I haven't worked in forever. Well, I mean, me either, I guess, if, compared to how many I've worked versus how many I went to as of just for fun. But even working there, you know, we're there for 25 hours in the weekend. You know, there's time to walk around and see stuff. There is. <laughs> well, I don't own the booth. I don't. Yeah. Well, I don't so. own the booth either. It owns me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm more free of it than you are. I, I'm like chained to it. I got some buddies who come down every year, and you know, they come down in the evening, and we walk. John's got together. the same behind the scene videos that he shows to all of his fans that they come up, that they come up to see him. Hey, oh yeah, you, wanna, you think that's cool? Check yeah. out this. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. Maybe you're, that's how Dave Gens does. He's like, oh, here's another one. <laughs> hey, buddy, look at these videos. <laughs> I, don't ruin that for me. Don't ruin that for me. So that my, was, that my mo- most fond memory of the ice show was playing Hammerschlagen with all the Rapala guys up one night in, I don't remember what bar we were at. Everybody's drinking. They're playing Hammerschlagen, right? They go, they were like, and they were throwing like $20 in. Everybody's throwing 20 bucks in. So there's like quite a bit on this. Is this the one where you have to hammer a nail in? Yeah. Into a stump. Yeah. With this like ball, like a, it's not a ball peen hammer, but it's like, I can't remember what type of hammer it was but where it's got a real thin like hammer face it's like two inches by like a quarter inch Mm -hmm. so they're all trying to hit it and i was like i use these things all the time so i smoke it in the first try they all look at me like and i would this was like year one of hanging out with these guys they got all like i thought i was gonna die and then I just like scooped up the money because it's like I won. <laughs> and I was like, I'm out. <laughs> like, I walked away. Because they're all like, what the? Because they didn't know who I was at that point. And it was just, it was kind of fun. I mean, they, <laughs> they someone, he hustled us. Did you yeah. hear about the Hammerschlagen controversy this oh, year? Yeah. yeah, you can't call it Hammerschlagen, right? Well, unless you, unless you, you, could license you have to officially license it and you, you can't use that hammer. You can't use like, I don't know. They apparently they it's some like folk game from Norway or something, isn't it? It's not, it's it or from Germany, but there was like it was like a bar here somewhere, like trademarked it. So, like, apparently, like a like a stump of wood and a, and a nail is trademarked. I know no. it'd be like someone trademarking hopscotch, it's it's, <laughs> it's the silliest controversy I've ever heard, but well, it's true legally, you, you can't do it, you can't call it Hammerschlagen. I don't think you can even just like do it, right? Well, I guess you should just have it say redacted whenever we say Hammerschlagen, Tom. <laughs> Hammerschlagen. Redacted. Yeah, because they're probably going to sue us. They're going to listen to our podcast and sue us because we said Hammerschlagen. They had a pretty big reach. Tom's not at the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that yeah, going out afterwards, that's great. You know, you yeah. get to see people, you go uh, down... Um, 
Patrick is McGovern's. That, is it Grand Avenue? What is that street right there by the X? Uh, it's like 7th. Yeah, whatever that is. It's uh, it's fun. Tom, what's Tom Reed's bar? and Patrick McGovern's Mc... is where we go, yeah. right? That's the one with lawn bowling on the roof, right? Or am I thinking of a different place? Um, Maybe I'm thinking of a different I place. No isn't idea. that Brits? With oh, yeah, that's Brits. That's in Minneapolis, isn't it? Yeah, never mind. Yeah, we're not going to walk all the way over there. Sorry. But it... No, it's it's a great turnout. It's fun that we stay right down there, yeah. which I did for the first time last year, which saved me like crazy. Yeah, we we. I mean, I don't live that far away there, but you don't realize an hour worth of extra sleep when you work, you know, fourteen, sixteen hours is well, wonderful. I, I do not live close to St. Paul, so it's no. it's an hour drive for me easy, both ways. It's it's probably an hour for me to be honest. With you. I mean, because you don't get out of downtown for twenty minutes. Because you're parked in, usually I park, I don't know, I swear I drive down to the center of the earth every time I go down by the X, because I'm... I park in the in the Science Museum ramp. I park on P2, and I park a certain spot every year, because I didn't know I can get out, because I got trapped one year where I couldn't physically get my truck out of there. Yeah, it uh, it can be challenging, and I, I, I know the worst parts of it are your feet just feel like they're going to, like they don't function anymore. They're that, like concrete shoes. Yeah, it's it becomes very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So anytime you guys come up to see these guys at the booth, they're going to be miserable. <laughs> no, <laughs> they're no, the it's... Same, they have the same canned five videos to show. <laughs> Our feet hurt. We just want to walk around and look at stuff ourselves. If your feet hurt. You're gonna your back's gonna hurt pulling landscaping duty. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I like the show. I think the show is exciting. Yeah, shows shows are a blast. You talk to people. People are excited to be there. I mean, people don't come to the show because they're crabby. They come to the show because they want to. Well, and they want to be part of it. You get to see so many products. It's so much better than going to a retailer where, it, you know, like a, a retailer could have three or four models of something. Well, mm-hmm. at the show, you're going to have a hundred different models. You're going to have all kinds of different options that you just can't. You I, th- can't I think there's retail. no replacing the hands-on experience. Like, you know, like I love the podcast format, but you know, you can sit here and describe something you know, for an hour or you can go look at it at the ice show for five minutes and you're like, Oh, I get it. Yep. Well, when I first got into your rods, I was there as a customer and I didn't know which rod I was going to buy. I didn't know which maker I was going to buy it from. And I went to the show because but we wooed you to buy a tuned up. Well, I mean, <laughs> I went and I, I give the exact same advice to people today. If someone asks, you know, what's the difference between, you know, a, a tuned up rod or a DH rod or a thorn rod or whatever. Well, and everybody makes good rods. The that, it, well, I'm never going to knock anyone because no. we all started this probably about the same time. I think if you go into 20 years a ago. booth and they start talking trash about somebody, that's a real red flag mm-hmm. in my opinion. But, uh, you know, the other people act the way they do. But anyways, I tell people still, you know, if you're not sure... Go to every single booth and handle each one of their products. Talk to them. Find out, find out their philosophy. Find out, figure out the company that you're going to be investing with, and then figure out the product that you're going to be buying, and then make the decision based on that. Yeah, because I did that. I went to every single maker, and I felt most comfortable with tuned up, and I that's why I bought a tuned up. Well, and it's it's like it's like hard baits, right? For in summertime. People are like, oh, do you, what do you use? I use a, a lot of Rapalos, but I use some Bagleys. I use some Salmos. I use some Metsuos. Like Freedom. Freedom is a soft basics. Oh, sorry, guys. Burn. <laughs> I'm going to get off my phone and pay attention to the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Thanks, Tom, for your vote of confidence. <laughs> but it's it's they're different types, and there's as the you know, the market continues to evolve, and people have different trends. Yeah, you know, we like to see different stuff. Well, and, and at Tundip, we work real hard to be innovative and to try to fill all the gaps. But yeah. you know, if if you people mix and match from different makers all the time. Oh, absolutely. I mean, how many different types of fish houses do you have? Right now, I have two otters and one Eskimo. Yeah, and how, different augers. God, let's not talk about that. Oh yeah, we can't talk about otters or augers. Excuse me. No, I have. Okay, we counted because my dad was laughing at me. I have a Tecumseh two horse. That's his. I have a solo three horse. That's technically my brother's, kinda now. Then we have a forty volt, a razor, a light flight, uh, three bladed Tecumseh a four-bladed 224 auger, and that's it that's out. There's others in the rafters. There might be a jiffy in there, too. You know, a few things. 50-pound white lightnings from the 70s. That just always run? They run. They don't run fast. No, but, but they, they always and, start. And they will cut. You could have no blade on there, and they'll cut. Yeah, you should have brought that over to help me dig my deck post holes. Much better use yeah. of that auger at this point. Yeah. Do you have any hand augers? Yes. See, for first ice. Didn't even count those. Those Those don't even count. Those don't even count. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but the point is... Wait, hand augers, like, actually have rotate the thing around? Like, real hand auger or one I put on my Milwaukee drill? (laughs) No, like a real one with a crank. No, I don't think I... Well, I probably do. Chris always says you got to have a hand auger just in case. A backup one. For what? So my nine augers break... Well... (laughs) You break a lot of augers. Knock on wood here, yeah. If my 40-volt dies, I go home. I'm not going to hand a crank. Sorry. Yeah. I, I if it's really thick volt. ice, I'll bring out the gas auger just because I love it's. Oh, I love that 40-volt. That Solo 3 horse is Whatever way. happened to my Solo 2.5 that I sold you? It's in, my, it's in the rafters. Is it? Yep. I thought you grenaded that thing. Uh, I might have. I think you did. I think you broke the one that I gave you or traded you or whatever you call it. I might have blown that one up in Ontario. That or I, I blew up a three horse in Ontario. I had the two and a half. Then I might have broke that one too. My, that was a lemon though. That one never worked quite right. No, that one works great. The airbox blew up on it. it. Like the all the screws cracked out. Then once we epoxied it back together, it works great now. Ooh, perfect. I like the forty volt. Yep, lot less things to go wrong. I, I mean, the twenty four volt sounds interesting. I want to get one of the six inch. Um, razor scouts to oh. use with my Milwaukee. That'd be a, that'd be a good one. I got one of those in the garage. <laughs> I know you. I know you do. I know you do. I wasn't jealous about that at all, but I know you have it. Yep, they work great. Just uh, make sure you put the handle on the top of the drill. I've heard it can be pretty kickbacky. Uh, yeah, they're all pretty kickbacky. And drill in one, not two. Like it's a lot safer. People are like, Is oh, one the slower one. Yeah, it's a little slower, a little bit more torquey mm-hmm. but two is like it, it feels too fast and it feels out of control to me yeah I, i'd like to give it a shot this year maybe i can borrow yours yeah that'd be you know maybe maybe if you, if you can spare it <laughs> yeah you could probably take it i wouldn't notice it uh, you got to get an auger this year too then yeah John, hey, I, John Tom, I, I, got, I got a great six-inch razor for you son of a bitch <laughs> we're working on some stuff we're working we're working on a little deal here all right I got a, I got a grind lessons. I, well, no. Oh, ooh, ooh, John. 
No. I don't. I don't fly. <laughs> Have we, we've not talked about this. I don't. Fly. We've talked about it many times. Yeah, I'm I, I ain't getting on that airplane, Hannibal. <laughs> <laughs> My wife's going on a cruise in January, and she's like, "Oh, it'd be so much fun to go on a cruise and go on an uh, airplane." I'm like, "No, I'll go on a cruise. It'd be cruiser on Malax, Gull, or Pelican." You could do one of those new Vikings cruises up and down the Mississippi. Do I have to carve my own boat and like shoot animals up from? No, look it up. The, the Vikings, river, the river cruise, the river cruise. They yeah. look super nice. Really? Yeah, they're like real high end dogs, high end cruises, but they're for like ninety five year olds. That'd be great. We I could know. drink old fashions, and that's a lot of five year olds. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's an old that's an old joke that worked for some reason. I don't know why that got me, but that's an old joke. Uh, this is what we happen when we don't have guests, and we still have to announce that we have stuff going on for tuned up. Hey, I, this is going well. Right? It is it's just a potpourri. What's potpourri? Well, on Jeopardy, it means it could be anything. It's a hodgepodge. Weird question about potpourri, though. Did your mom ever used to have it on the bathroom toilet when you were a kid? Yeah, we had a potpourri box. Yeah, I used Didn't to. We? Uh, it was grandma. Grandma had the potpourri grandma, box. My, my mom had one, and I remember knocking in the toilet <laughs> and like just flushing the pot- potpourri down there, and then just putting the thing back up there. After. You, ever, you ever buy potpourri? Yes, that stuff works. Yes, it does. You, you know, you you know potpourri. I mean, I've heard of it, but I've never used it. It it legitimately it, works. I like the tra- I like the smell of my own brand. So yeah, everyone likes their own brand. <laughs> I don't. There's something that died me a long, long time ago. All I know is that I work in a school with 95 women, and there's two bathrooms total. So, a little bottle of poopery is not a bad idea. Every time about my is there a men's and a women's, or is it just no staff? There's two staff bathrooms Ooh. for 95 women and two guys. <laughs> How so, many times have you had someone waiting at the door? Like after you've just like given her, I I do everything in my power not to have to give her. <laughs> if that it needs to be like an act of God for me to do that, but there's been a lot of times where there's I've gone no, in there. There's nothing better than shit network though. There's well, if you've if you're in a two person two staff bathrooms, there's a lot Who of cares? things better than that. Let it, let Boss it. makes a dollar, I make a di- a dime. That's why I poop on company time. Exactly. There's been a lot of times where I've walked in there and it's been just a murder scene. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be on the clean team at Cub. That was my first job. And like, people don't know this, but cleaning the women's bathroom, horror show. Yeah. Horror show. Trust me, I've, I, it, I, can, I can attest to that. Did I ever hear my gun shop incident? So oh. I was probably 20 years old. And we will say 21 because this story has some alcohol involved. But went out the night before drinking and we went to White Castle and me and my buddy Bruce was... He was a bigger feller. We ordered like sixty dollars for the White Castle. Ate everything. Went to bed. Got up. Went to work. The that's next a morning. lot of White Castle. If you don't know, by the way, <laughs> even like in two thousand twenty-one standards, that's a lot it, of White it Castle. Was, it was a crave case plus everything on. The, we eat more jalapeno poppers than we wanted oh, to admit. So, man. put that with a little bit of beer. It was a pretty deadly combination. Well, it was like nine o'clock in the morning, and, and it's a gun shop. Not very many women ever frequent there. So I was in the bathroom. In At the least women, back then. I was in the women's bathroom doing some business, and I hear a knock on the door. I thought it was my buddy. I'm like, seriously, leave me alone. And this lady's like, I need to go. I'm like, oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> I was like, I've been in here for like 45 minutes, and I like the, the paint is peeling off the walls. So I 
like hurry up and finish up, wash my hands, walk out. And I was like, ma'am, you, you don't want to go in there like at all, <laughs> like ever. I'm like, there's a fan and like, it's not, she's like, you're gross. You're in the women's bathroom. She walked in there <laughs> and I legit heard her gag and run out. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I warned you. I was like, I was out late last night. I would have just gone straight to my truck and driven away. Yeah. I was, it, no eye contact. It, just it was the most embarrassing the moment of my life. Cause then it's like, <laughs> you go back to the counter and then she's like, I need a rental lane. And that was disgusting. I'm like, <laughs> what are you going to do? I, I don't, that's how it works. I don't know what to tell you. Well, my move is if I go into the women's bathroom, or if I go into the bathroom at work and someone has crushed it in front of me, <laughs> then I I always leave the toilet seat up afterwards. I'm like, at least they'll know that it wasn't me. <laughs> How did we get on this topic? I don't know. It's poopery. <laughs> yeah. Well, you talked about the, the stuff. Buy a the, bottle of poopery. No, you this, were talking about potpourries. What you yeah, started. the stuff that used to be on the, the top of the toilet. And yeah. I would knock it in every time of something. I'd be, you know, because you'd whip around looking for toilet paper and then you knock the thing over. And <laughs> What kind of acrobatic shits are you taking? <laughs> Just, I'm active. I'm active. <laughs> don't, I don't know. How does it get in the toilet if you're already sitting on the toilet? Well, it's usually because I'm like looking around for the toilet paper and then I swing and yeah, stuff gets knocked over and it's... I mean, we don't really need to know all of the details about how it got I just, knocked in. Some of it goes in there and then you just flush it down. You're hoping the little wood chip things go down the toilet <laughs> versus get stuck. Well, good. I, should we end on that? I guess. I mean, that's the weirdest segue ever. Well, I mean, I don't, there's nowhere further down to go from there. No, it all went down the toilet. Yeah, it all, it's all, <laughs> it's right into the sewer. Hopefully this will get edited out. Negative. No, no way. This is we cool. We don't edit. <laughs> we, we always say we edit. All we do is take out the first two minutes of weirdness and then start. We should leave that in. We should offer that to, uh, to Ryan. You don't want the first two minutes of this of this one. Yeah, I yeah. think it's... I don't it's, remember what it was. It's not. It's not. Yeah, for, it's, was it? it's not for production. <laughs> it's never for production. The first two minutes would be, we'd get canceled. I don't even remember what we were talking about. <laughs> I don't either. I just remember. I think oh, this isn't going in. Was it? Uh, whatever. We yeah. need to relive it. <laughs> let's let's wrap it up there, John. I I guess. See us at the Sioux Falls uh, Ice. Yeah, this is going to be up before the weekend, right, Tom? It's going to be up tomorrow morning. Perfect. All right. So he's just going to hit post the day <laughs> that the gales of November came early. <laughs> uh, that I mean, do we post it a day later out of respect? No. It was 1975. Get over it, folks. Okay. It's not too soon. <laughs> no. Okay. No, it's it's a sad thing, but it's pretty in the past. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks everyone for tuning in tonight. Uh, we appreciate it. We'll see a lot of you guys at the Sioux Falls Ice Show next weekend. Thank you, everyone. Bye bye. <laughs>